0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Anyway, uh, all jokes aside, really glad you're here. If you don't know who I am, my name's Braden. Uh, my wife and I started this church, actually, uh, quite, a, quite a while back, almost a decade ago. And uh, it's just been incredible to see what God's done here. A couple years ago, moved to Lubbock to start our next church. And so we live there now and I still get to come back and and oversee this as well, Uh, but it really does. It's just really incredible when I come back, what I see, what my heart feels. And uh, I didn't really plan on doing this, but just super briefly, I just felt like the Lord was showing me some faces in the room. And you're going to hear in a message. To, you're going to hear a message today from one of my best friends, and we'll let him do that part here in just a second. But uh, I just felt like I was supposed to tell some of you that it's time to step up into leadership. There's some unassuming faces in here that you don't think you're called to leadership. You don't think you're qualified for leadership but you are. And as I was looking around the room, the Lord was just highlighting. He's like, that's a faithful man. That's a faithful woman. That's a faithful man. And I just want you to know that you've got more in you than you know. For us to accomplish all that God's called us to accomplish in this city and in this region, it's gonna take some people that shake off some stuff, shake off some unbelief, shake off some doubt, shake off some shame, grow up into Christ Jesus and all things and step up in to the call of God for their life. And so I just want you to know to be encouraged. He's gonna give you, I mean, some really great tips some great points some great strategy on how you do that but I just wanted you to hear it from me your pastor uh that God is calling some of you up I'd even love to if if after the service you go man when you started saying that I just got hit in the gut with something I'd love to talk with you after the service and just see what God's doing in your life and hear about it but really really excited for what God's doing in this church Especially today, y'all have the privilege of one of my best friends being here. Uh, You have those best friends in your life. You know how you maybe only speak, talk, be around each other once or twice a year, but as soon as you do, you just want to tackle them. I mean, like maybe, well, maybe the girls don't want to do that, but like you just freaking love those guys. Uh, One thing you should know, a guy asked me last week, he said, man, how do you guys pick which guest speakers come to your church? And I gave him one answer, but let me tell you two things really quick, how we do this and why we do this. Uh, One of the things that I feel really passionate about is you becoming the best version of yourself. And when you read Ephesians chapter four, the Bible says God gave gifts unto men apostles prophet evangelists pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry you have a ministry that you need to be perfected in developed in and it cannot happen through one person you say well i like cody better than you well too bad you got to hear me every now and then Uh, well i like keith well i like keith too but every now and then you need cody and one of the things that we think long and hard about and pray a lot about is okay lord what gifts what gifts are not resident in our church yet what gifts? What kinds of gifts? What, do we need an evangelist to come in? Do we need a teacher? Do we need even just, maybe it's another pastor, but it's just got a different redemptive gift and, and whatnot. So we think long and hard about what is what would this church need? And, I, and we don't send the same guest speakers to every campus. Every campus is in a, in a different spot. But I just want you to know that Chris, uh, who's going to speak later today, or here in a minute, he's one of the most radically pump you up encouragers I've ever met in my life. And every time I'm around him, I realize you just have something I don't. You have something we don't. And so it's just an honor to get to have him come, to come here and be a part of that. Uh, But the second reason we invite guest speakers is because they are family. They are family. Uh, Chris is one of those guys that from the second we met, I just knew we're going to be doing this for the long haul. We've made up reasons to get together at times. It really didn't make any sense, but uh, he's a part of this family. He's got a call of God on his life that's so unique. I think this church needs it. I know I need it in my life, and so if you would just join me in welcoming my friend, Chris Hart. We got
1: the mic. How about Pastor Braden though? That's a big dog right there. Come on. That's our guy. We love you. Good to uh good to see you this morning. I'm I'm honored to be considered family and a friend. And man, I love this house. And and you think about what's already happened here today. I, I was in the nine o'clock service, man, people got healed and, and, and we enter into worship and we take communion and, and all of a sudden now, man, we're, we're kind of flowing and, and rumbling and rolling and, and man, what's God gonna do in your life today? So I just want, I want you to, I think that you are, but I sure want you to pl- take this place of expectancy because God wants to do something in you. You're in his house. The gates of hell can't prevail against the church and you happen to be the church, so why don't we take that posture out of the gate today? Man, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what God's doing in us and through us. And I'll just throw this in here too. I don't know that per capita, there's a better church with better beards per man. Look around real quick. (laughs) I was about to start preaching and I can't get this out of my head. There are some great, well-placed, well-groomed, a lot of effort. I don't know, all you eat is medium rare steak and it just grows off your face, okay? So (laughs) great job. That Lubbock beef is different. You know what I'm saying? A little Wagyu, you know? So it's all, I I was in worship and I was focusing on Jesus and I looked around and I thought there are a lot of just hairy faces in here and it's good. So (laughs) I come from uh, uh, originally Dallas. I say that because I currently live in Oklahoma and I just lost half of them, you know? So it's all good, but we, uh, I live in Tulsa. Uh, I've been, I was on staff at a church there for a long time called Guts Church. Uh, it doesn't stand for anything. There are no catchy acronyms. It is simply what it takes to live for Jesus. My wife and I are elders there and love the house and, and, and try to represent Jesus in our church everywhere that we go. And, and it's fun to bring some of that here today. And, and I, I do just honor my friend. And, and Cody, I love you. You guys, you guys are amazing. And I'm telling you, just in, in seeing church around the country, around the world. I I also am part of World Compassion and Renew Life gives to World Compassion. I wanna personally appreciate you for that. We work in hostile countries and specifically we smuggle Bibles into Iran and and we work with refugees in Iraq and with the underground church in China. And it's amazing. And, And I say that, one, to thank you, and two, to let you know that in seeing church around the world, it's amazing when you come into one, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is genuine. This is spirit-led, the hand of God, the favor of God is on this house, which means it's on you. And that's where we're gonna go today. The the title of the message is Become Dangerous because that is what the world, I believe, is looking for. Uh, Whatever you follow, whatever, whatever, whatever your affections are, I'm telling you, one, we're limited by our affections, so keep that in mind, but the reality is Man, what the, world, the world is looking for someone to follow and I believe what the search is is for a genuine and authentic authority. So when your pastor gets up here and is spirit led and saying, there's some leadership stirring inside of you, I want, I want you to be aware of that. I'm hoping what I pictured after service was a flood of people that you wouldn't expect to come and find him and say, hey, you spoke that? I don't typically respond to that, but I will be obedient today because it's time for me to step up. Gauntlet's been laid, right? So come up after service, take advantage of that. And and let me just tell you what's going to happen. As a result of responding to the leadership, you will elevate. And what's going to happen is what we're talking about today, authority will be released in your life and it's going to sweep through every part of your life. There's kind of three things that, that I personally have seen and believe in the word really just kind of let authority rip. I believe it's your submission, I believe it's your focus, and I believe it's your posture. And that's where we're going to go today. So, so let's kind of let's kick this off. Submission activates authority. If you want to become dangerous, and, and, and here's why I've got, I've got four kids. They, they, they are, uh, we went ahead and had three daughters. I don't know that I would. I don't know that this would be the strategy I would suggest, but we messed around and had three daughters. That's great. And then we had a son, okay? Prayers were answered. It was all good. His name is Grayson Braveheart, and he is a stud, okay? He is rhino headbutting everybody around him right now, wherever he's at, okay? I wish he was here, because it'd be fun in the lobby after service. Some of you have kids like that that would just be smashing heads all the time, and it'd be great. But, but we have we have kids, we have marriages, we have businesses and friendships and ministry that's inside of you and you need to be dangerous in those things because that's the example Jesus set for us. He said, I came to give a sword. I, I, didn't, I didn't come to just mess around. It's like, no, th- this gonna get, it's gonna get rowdy. That's who you are, that's why, that's why we take this time. I mean, think about what your church did for you today. They created this atmosphere to access heaven. And now what we're gonna do is grab that and take that into everything we say and do this week. That's what happens. That's why we gather. That's why, that's why COVID or no COVID, man, we're coming together and we're getting hooked up and, and, and we're moving forward because that's who we are with the body of Christ. So, so let's, let's take a look at this idea of submission because I, I don't know that it's naturally the most popular word. It's like, shoot, I submit, nobody, yeah, gotcha, today. That's where we're gonna go and I think it's gonna be good for a a bunch of bearded men and stallions that are gonna do something great for God. The level of your submission will determine the level of your authority, how about that? Boy, I wanna walk in authority, good. Let's look at what that submission currently looks like. Turn in your Bibles to Luke seven, verse one, please. This is an interesting moment We're gonna talk about a couple moments in Jesus's life today, but this moment happens to take place right after he preached the Sermon on the Mount. Arguably the greatest message ever spoken. As far as people getting up and communicating, he just did the Sermon on the Mount where he's just flipping religion upside down on its head and changing the game. That happened, and then this happens. After Jesus finished giving the revelation to the people, he went to Capernaum and a Roman military captain, which means he's a centurion leading 100 soldiers. A centurion there had a beloved servant whom he valued highly and who was sick to the point of death. So he's got somebody he cares about and he hears that Jesus was in the city so he spent some respected Jewish elders to plead with Jesus to come and heal his dying servant. So this centurion's kind of an opportunist. He recognizes Jesus is in town, and he thinks, man, what an amazing time. I'm not doing this for me, but I have this servant that needs to be healed, Man, what if we could get Jesus here? And he uses the favor that he has with the local Jews to go and make this request of Jesus. Speaks to who this man is. So, the Jewish guys came to Jesus and said, the Roman captain is a wonderful man. If he deserves a visit from you, it's him. Please come to his home and heal a servant. He loves the Jewish people. He even built our meeting hall for us. This Roman centurion with his own money built the synagogue so the Jews could come and worship. He's a good dude. So they're happy to make this request for him. Jesus started off with them, which is cool. That's what Jesus does. We make a request of him, he responds. Hey, would you come? Jesus said, yes, let's go get him. Let's go get him healed. But friends of the captain stopped him and delivered another message. Master, don't even bother coming in person. I'm not good enough for you to enter my home. I'm not worthy to, to come meet, meet one like you. If you would speak the word of healing from right where you are, I know that my servant will be healed. I am an ordinary man. Any uh, ordinary People in here today, total side note, there's a song called Ordinary People. I don't care if you like it or not, but I was about to get engaged to my wife and and that song was gonna play at the next location we were going. And I just brought it up over dinner. I was like, and man, we love that song, Ordinary People. And she goes, I hate that song. That was my friend's song and they broke up. And I was like, I thought it was our song, (laughs) shoot. I don't finish, the only time in my life I didn't finish my steak, I went in the bathroom and text the guy that was gonna have it playing at this airplane hangar with all the flowers and this whole, and I'm like, uh, apparently we don't have a special song. Uh, just don't play anything, but don't play that song. So anytime I see the two words, ordinary people, I think. Remember that one time I thought we had a song? So apparently, we still don't have a song. So it's, all, it's probably some great oceans or some good worship song, but it's all, all good. I am an ordinary man, yet I understand the power of authority this Roman centurion, he's not a Jew. He actually felt like he needed to send some Jews to talk to Jesus to make this request. He said, I'm ordinary, but one thing I do have, I do understand authority. See, I believe if he would have led with, I'm a big deal, hey Jesus, do you mind if I call you JC? I built a synagogue for your Jewish friends Why don't you come and do me a solid? If he would have led with that, I think there would have been a much different response. But he led with humility. He led with an understanding of submission. Look at what he says next. This is unbelievable. Verse eight, I have soldiers under me who obey everything I command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So master, just speak the word and healing will flow. He said, I'm a man under authority with authority. He had a general that he reported to. And as a result of him doing what that general said, that gave him authority. To the men underneath him, he was the authority. And then he understood what created that. See, see sometimes I think, we're, we're thinking, I've showed up on the scene and all of a sudden I deserve a place at the table. We've got to realize there wouldn't be a table if not for the people that came before us and created it. No, 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 I wanna be at the table. I wanna have an opinion. Studies will show, man, man, young people in the workforce now want to come in. It's like 76% of them think that they get an opinion on the leadership team at day one. And all you business owners are like, not in my house, I got you. And all you young guys are like, I would like an opinion, I gotcha. But let's, let's recognize this and, 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 and a point here is altitude factors in. See, sometimes we don't realize what altitude we're currently at and there's gotta be a little bit more self-inspection or self-awareness to recognize where we actually are. If we walk outside of this building right now, we can see at that level. Ah, a couple parking spots. Oh, that guy's walking down the street. I can see at this level. If we go on top of the roof, it's a very different perspective. I can see the block. Actually, Pastor Braden and I pulled up and we pulled up at that building and I looked over here and I thought, is that a church over there? We were at the office and I was like, man, that's crazy. This is, this is our street. We, I, was gonna, I was getting ready to egg this building thinking it was somebody else's church. And he goes, no, that's our church. I'm like, man, this place is great. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking the office is the whole thing and you got a whole nother building. You guys are killing it, great job. No more egging, sorry for the, egg, the couple eggs I already threw. It's a, my, a misunderstanding. But you get a different perspective if you, it's like, oh, this is our campus. I can see that now, I have a different perspective. My altitude's changed. We get in a helicopter, my son calls it a helicopter. Great, very cute. We get in a helicopter. now I can get up and actually see a lot of the city. That's a different perspective, that's a different altitude. Think about that in leadership. Man, I need to be able to trust my leadership because they're seeing from a different altitude. Man, we get in an airplane, I'm gonna, Get on a plane and fly home this afternoon. I'll get to see big plots of land that are actually cities. That's a different altitude, man. Be aware enough of where you currently are and where you should be in alignment with God. God, all man. The Bible's so clear, man. It says that that He's a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. But guess what? That gets you the next step. Okay, God, man, man. This is this is man. Praise the Lord, that's all lit up. Mm. I've got that lamp, now I can take the next step. I don't get to see two miles out, that'd be great. Oh, this is all gonna work out, good, no, no, no. We're in the middle of it right now, that's where faith comes in, that's where submission is critical. And to the level of your submission will activate the level of your authority. God, I trust your perspective, but then how about this? I trust God and I trust the leadership of this house. That is one thing that has been fascinating in, in, in getting to be around the world a little bit is the difference of perspective from the church. I, I was at an underground church in China and we actually met in a very small, basically like a, a, a storage container because it was safe from the local police. And then they had, they had their Christian men stationed with radios in case the police were coming in there. It was 100 degrees outside and 130 degrees inside the storage container with 100 Chinese leaders that we were preaching to. It's the organization that you give to, World Compassion. And in my life, I don't know that I've ever seen more passion, sweaty passion, but passion. Singing, crying out to God. God just, just, just unrelenting, just pure focus on God. There was no opinion about the song set. If it was raining, I think they still would have showed up. There wasn't the option to just watch online instead. I mean, it was like, no, no. This is what I'm submitted to. We could go to jail for this, but I'm in. That's us. I, I am submitted to this. And because of that, I get to walk in authority. Man, sometimes we're we're a little bit offended because they don't sing our favorite song and we're gonna skip for a couple weeks. Stop it. That's not how we live. Well, I don't I don't know. I, I interpret, I, I prefer this translation over that when you stop it. I'm submitted to the house. And that level of, I'm telling you, and then you get to walk in that authority in every part of your life. Your kids need your submission here so you can walk in authority with them. Your marriage is counting on. Your your, your marriage is contingent upon. You getting an understanding of I'm submitted to this because I'm walking in authority in that marriage. I'm going to be a great friend. My finances will thrive because I'm submitted to the house. Man, the Bible says tithe, so I tithe. It's not real complicated and I get to walk in the benefit of that. Watch the fruit of your life stack up because of your submission. That's where we're going from here. That's, that's how we live, that's who you are. See, even, even in this moment, Jesus had the power to heal because he was submitted to the Father. And just to finish out the story, Jesus said the servant was healed and the servant was healed. I don't wanna mess up the big ending. Jesus did heal the person. So just in case you were like, man, what, what did happen in that story? Jesus healed him, okay, it's, it's good. But I'm telling you, it says Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith because he had that understanding of submission to authority. I'm gonna submit, I'm gonna walk in authority. That's the life I'm gonna live. Number two, focus dictates the flow of your authority. See, we're gonna submit out of the gate to activate it. I, 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 want, I, want, you to, I want you to grab that and, and, and love that and, and hold that, I'm submitted, and then there's gonna be a flow of it, but I'm telling you it's gonna be contingent upon what you focus upon. See, somebody, nobody mentioned this when I came up here, but I'm actually an expert in the Mexican food of Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's not on my business card. That's not on our website, okay? I'm, just, I'm telling you that as friends, and here's why. I have focused on the Mexican food of Tulsa, Oklahoma. You wanna talk salt to chip ratio? I'll go all day. You wanna talk about my favorite salsas? Spicy queso, not so spicy. Who's got the best steak? Who's got the, the average? I, I can tell you all of it. I have focused on it, which has made me an authority on the subject. I go to a chiropractor. Anybody go to a chiropractor? There might be chiropractors in here. This guy, Dr. Paxton, if you were in Tulsa, this would be a great promotion, but he doesn't get anything out of it because it's probably not worth the drive, okay? But I'll go to him every now and then. That sucker will like tug on my ear a little bit, my knee will feel better, okay? One time I'm in there, I'm sitting in the chair and he's poking on my forehead and my foot healed. It's crazy. He is an expert in chiropractics. He has focused on that and become an authority. You go to a medical field, it's like, man, what field of expertise? Which one did you focus on? Now you're an authority in it. You you business men and women, you have focused in that field and become great at it. So so I want you to see the parallel here. What we focus on unleashes our authority. And I want to take you to a specific body of water. Matthew 14, 24. This is kind of a big moment that's taken place. It's been a big day for Jesus. And I think this is important sometimes because we, we hear stories or read stories, but it's like, man, what was happening in Jesus in Jesus at that moment? The morning that I'm gonna take you to in this story, that morning he found out that his cousin, John the Baptist had been beheaded. And there might be somebody in here and you're like, man, I'm going through something. My family is going through something. Jesus can relate to that. Man, man there, there's something taking place here. Jesus was feeling that as a result of finding that out, John the Baptist, or I'm sorry, Jesus gets in a boat, kind of gets away a little bit, wants to clear his head, and then that's where he says it sees people and he was moved with compassion. So in his morning, in, in, in saying, okay, I'm gonna hook up with God and get my head right, because it's crazy this has happened to my cousin. He still sees people move, and, that, and he gets out of the boat, starts preaching, and that's where the miracle of the feeding the 5,000 takes place. So interesting side note, man, in some of our lowest times, in, in, in our emotional moments, man, I'm telling you what God wants to do is activate him because in our weakness has made his perfect strength. Jesus is feeling it. Jesus had to get away a little bit and then went and fed 5,000 people with a couple loaves and a fish, crazy. So in the midst of that, what continues to happen, Jesus feeds the 5,000 and then he looks at his disciples and he says, "Hey." Uh, We fed these guys, that was great. You guys get all the extra food, but why don't you get in the boat and start out on the Sea of Galilee and I will meet you there. So that's the context for this moment. And I'm I'm, I'm gonna pick up in in this chapter here, Matthew 14, verse 24 says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. The disciples are funny, right? Like Jesus has done all these amazing things. They're still trying to figure out what's going on. It must be a ghost. And Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid, take courage, I'm here. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I personally think this is a funny moment, okay? Peter's trying to decide if it's Jesus or not. And instead of saying, uh, Jesus, tell me my favorite color, and Jesus saying purple, and then being like, oh, oh, it is Jesus. That would be, or, or Jesus, you're the only one that knows where my funny birthmark is. No, no, he didn't do any of that. He says, if it's you, Jesus, you tell me to come out on the water. What an amazing way to identify that it's Jesus, but what I think it shows us is Peter's hunger for the supernatural. Boy, he wanted it. Man, Jesus, I see what you're doing. I see what you're capable of, I, I see who you are. And Jesus, I want that. Man, if it's really you, let's do something crazy. Let's defy the laws of physics. Tell me to come to you, and I will. Jesus being Jesus, come. Peter slides off the side of the boat and starts doing something that no one in history has ever done. Peter's walking on the water for one reason. His focus was on Jesus, which gave him authority to defy the laws of physics. Focus unleashes authority. There's a flow of it that comes. And here's how we know that. Because in this text, it says, "'Then Peter became distracted by the wind and the waves.'" that focus shifted from Jesus to the obstacle. It went, it went from the savior to what he needed to be saved from. See, what we focus on gets larger. Man, what are you focused on? What in your life needs focus? Man, my business isn't doing great right now. Give it the focus it deserves. Man, my, 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 my spouse, and I have just been getting after it, man. Give it, focus, get a flow of authority going in that. That's what God has for you. God's not sitting up in heaven holding back his authority. He's waiting for you to say, here God, here's, here's where I am currently weak. Here's where I need that flow. Man, let's unleash it together. That's what God has for us. That's, that's what he's waiting for. But think about this. Every step that Peter took away from the boat was a step of faith. He's doing it. He's living it. Oh my gosh. I t- I'm still walking on the water. This is, oh my, I'm focused on Jesus. Authority, 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 authority. That's for us. And then he got distracted. I I think it's from the Patriot, aim small, miss small, right? Like, man, what are you aimed at? Another translation, instead of saying, man, in our weakness is, is made his strength. It actually says that in our weakness, it makes a portal for God's perfect power. How about a, so I picture this kind of like focused laser beam of power that comes because we're focused on God and now it allows him to unleash it on us. But I also wanna say this, even though Peter got distracted, even though there was a moment where he started to sink and and it says he cries out and Jesus immediately grabbed him, even though it wasn't like this, like Peter did cartwheels, that'd be a fun part of the text. That didn't happen. He started to sink but Jesus grabbed him. And now it's Peter and Jesus on the water when everybody else is still back in the boat. Man, I I wanna challenge you this morning. Where do you need to step out? Where, Where do you need to focus to unleash some authority so that you can get results that nobody else is ever gonna get? Because I'll also say this, I believe that there's things that you're specifically called to, that you, there's people that you're supposed to reach that other people can't reach. But it's going to require your focus. It's gonna require those kind of steps of faith where you are on the water. This is crazy, I can't believe I'm out here. And here's, here's why, because you're the one that's supposed to be out there. Nobody's ever done it like this before, guess why? Because God designed you specifically to do that and it's gonna require your focus. I've never seen it done like this. I know, because a lot of other people are copying. What's the new thing that God's stirring inside of you? You might've had an idea during worship. You might be driving home talking to your spouse. Man, man, God's stirring something to me. I'm telling you, listen to that, grab that, and then give it your focus. If you're living this submitted life, it's amazing what's gonna come from it. I'm submitted, and now I focus, and now fruit is going to be born. The other thing that took place there in that process of Peter leaving the boat, see, in that, Jesus said, come. Jesus didn't change in that situation. Peter did. So I think sometimes we're looking at it, it's like, man, God, where'd you go? Like, I was loving this. The, the, the business started great. I remember two years ago, our marriage seemed like it was perfect. Man, this kid used to be good. And, and then she got estrogen flowing through her body. And I'm trying to figure that out right now. And, why should you cry all the time? I, I had that conversation two days ago with my 11 year old. Why are you crying? I don't know. I, okay, well, hug it out then, you little sucker. It's all, I, well, I like to well, hug and punch each other. Well, I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. Hey, Molly, get involved here, right? So it's great. So there's all of that. But, but I think sometimes like, God, where'd you go? It's like, whoa, 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 God is right. He's still standing in the water. We're the ones that got distracted. That's, I think, where we gotta take some ownership of this walk with God and realize that no, he, he didn't budge. Jesus said, come. What's interesting is this moment on the water is a year after all the disciples had been on the boat when they went out and Jesus had to stand up and say, peace be still. It's the same body of water. You, you'd think they'd learn a couple of lessons here. That, that's what's funny about these guys. Like, I'm freaking out again on the same body of water in the same moment and Jesus does what Jesus does and, and saves the day. Here, here's a redemptive side of the story We go to Acts chapter three, verse one, and and the disciples, Peter's been through a lot. He had that moment on the water. He betrays Jesus. He's restored by Jesus. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. It's pretty powerful what happens in Peter's life. Him and John are walking into the temple. And as they're walking into this temple, a a beggar, it says he's been lame since he was born. There's a, a beggar on the ground, looks up at him and asks him for some money. So Peter, looks down at him, and as a result of being asked for something, Peter says, look at me. Silver and gold I don't have, but I will give you what I do have. But I love that in the text, it makes that point. Peter said, look at me, I can heal you. I am hooked up with Jesus, I am submitted to him, but what's gonna take, what it's going to take for you to be healed today is your focus. I need you to release the power of God because of your focus. Look at me. He had his full attention. Then he grabbed him and the man leapt up. Peter learned his lesson. I picture him flashing back to the moment where he started sinking. He's like, oh, no, no, I know what to do here. I need to get his full attention. I think for some of us today, God's just trying to get your full attention. He wants your full focus. I'm gonna give him my full focus and then I can apply it to everything in my life and authority will flow. Number three, I'm gonna ask you to check your posture. This message is, is, is interesting, because I actually I started, I, I was talking to Braden on the phone, and I told him a story, because there's a bunch of guys in Tulsa, there's about 20 of us, and, and we just said, hey, every morning, we're gonna get together at 5 a.m., and we're gonna do something. A couple days a week, we work out. A couple days a week, we play Ultimate Frisbee. It's a blast. We play in the dark with like glow-in-the-dark stuff so you can see each other. Uh, there's still a lot of huge collisions. It's the best part. We giggle, we keep running, it's great. And then the third thing that we do, one day a week on Wednesday mornings, we have started doing jujitsu, okay? It's great. Jujitsu guys make fun of karate guys. It's this whole thing I didn't know anything about. It's great. We have a blast. I've been in there for like six weeks, so if you're thinking, oh, I want a piece of him. If you've gone for seven weeks, you're probably better than me, but if you haven't gone, I I I got like one good move, okay? So it's a blast. What I do at the end of every session is I just thought I'm already exhausted, but to try to get better, I'm gonna wrestle the coach. And he's good. His, his fighting name is Thunderkick. okay? So I've got a tattoo now, it's on my back, I'll show you later. Thunder Kick, it's, all, it's, it's how I wanna live my life, okay? Thunderkick. He's the coach. So we've been wrestling for six or seven weeks, it's, it's when I'm the most tired, he's just choking me out for fun, it's great. Couple weeks ago, I actually get on top of him in his guard, if you know what that is, his legs are wrapped around me. And I, I'm, I'm surprised because I'm not currently being choked out. I'm pretty excited about it, right? Like this is better than being choked out. And, and he looks at me, he said, hey, this is a good position. And he said this, he said, I can't do anything, but neither can you. It was a bit of a stalemate position. It's better than it has been, but he said this, he looked at me, he said, what you need to do right now is fight for a better position so that you can become dangerous. And I gotta tell you, that's the last thing I wanted to do. I was tired. Before we started, I, I, I literally had to like think like, ah, oh, I gotta, cause you gotta like tap in to start. And I didn't wanna lift my arm that high. So that's how tired I was already. And I've actually found myself in a good position better than it has been. And I want you to process this for yourself today. You might actually be in a better position than you have been before. But what I'm asking of you, Renew Life Church, is to fight for the next position because you need to be dangerous. And you might already be a little tired and that's where I wanna come back to, let that be the release of God's power. God, I'm fatigued, perfect. Now it's not gonna be you. Now you're probably not gonna be able to take the credit. But I do want you to walk in my authority. God, I'm exhausted, I love that. But are you submitted? Can you focus in your exhaustion? Because here's what's great. I need you to fight for that next position and then in that position, get your posture correct. For me, it was to actually choke him out. Is your posture right to do that? Is your posture right to keep you from getting choked out? What's your posture look like? And here's the thing, I want you to take away two postures this morning. We have to be great at a posture of receiving. And it looks something like this. The fact that you're in this service this morning tells me that's at least in your heart. I do wanna receive from you. Some of you might've been drug here. Some of you are thinking, "Ah, I got other things to do. I don't know if you know this, NFL kicks off today. That's cool. But you came here this morning, which puts you in that posture to receive. And what takes place there is now you can submit. And the other posture, I want us to be great at a posture of attacking. And see, I think when we focus, now we can actually attack. I walked out of the gym the other day and he goes, hey Hart, stay in a posture of attacking today stay dangerous. I want my kids to be dangerous to the kingdom. I want my kids just whooping the devil's butt all day, every day. So you know what that means? I gotta be. My wife and I have to be in alignment on on how we live and how we talk and how we think. I wanna activate authority in my life because it's gonna flow into their life. You remember Gideon? Started out with 10,000 people. He's kind of a punk. An angel comes to him and says, hey, you're a mighty man of valor. He goes, I'm actually currently hiding. I don't know that I'm a man of valor. He goes, no, I see I'm calling it out in you. You got this. Raise up an army, gets 10 or 12,000 people. And then God says, hey, cut them. Cuts it down. I think it was 30,000. He cuts it down to like 10,000. And it's this crazy cut. He's got 10,000 guys. He's like, well, we're undermanned, but all right. God says, cut it again. And the final cut came when a bunch of guys got to the water and they're exhausted and they're tired and a bunch of guys just laid down flat and started lapping it up like dogs. But there was 300 of them that took a knee, kept a posture of attacking, looked out on the horizon, kept one hand on their spear and the other hand just kind of scooped it up, making sure everything was okay. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm believing that this church, this house is called to stay in that posture ready to attack. It, it, was the, it was the defining line between those who were actually gonna go and get the victory and those who are gonna get sent home. Be the people, be the men, be the women. I'm gonna stay in a posture of receiving. I'm gonna stay in a posture of attacking. I will be submitted, I will be focused. I want God's authority flowing through my life in every part of my life. I'm not counting on me and my natural ability, stop that. That will take you so far. You can make some money naturally. You can change the world supernaturally. Your pastor said, if there's leadership stirring inside of you, come holler at me. I'm telling you, unleash authority in your life and take a step of faith. I don't know what leadership looks like for you. You don't know what it looks like, take a step. Allow God to flow in authority in you. The level of your submission will equal that level of authority. And I'm just telling you, some of you came in here today and this will be a defining moment in your life if you'll let it. God, I'm not playing, I'm submitted. I'm focused. And you know what happens? I'm gonna read you one more verse. I believe Ephesians 3.20 is gonna take place and I actually talked to Pastor Cody about this last night and, and thought about it this morning during worship. Here's what happens when we get dangerous. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you." What some of us need to do this morning is actually recognize the request that needs to be made. And then, Then, then take it to the word. He wants to do infinitely more than your greatest request. Well, what are you requesting in the first place? God, I need to be submitted to you because I wanna make bigger requests. God, I need to be focused on you because there's things that no one else has ever done before that I'm called to do. I will stay in a posture of receiving and attacking because I'm hooked up with Jesus and we're gonna change industries. We're gonna change how ministry works. We're gonna change how we plant churches. We're gonna change how we raise kids. That's what's in store for you, infinitely more than your greatest request because you decided to become dangerous.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.